What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Petrolke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show on whatever platform you're listening to us through. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we got another jam-packed show for you all. We'll talk about everything going on in the NBA playoffs as the Nets look unbeatable right now, the Clippers losing game one, and, well, the Lakers watching the remainder of the postseason from the couch. So we'll cover it all. We'll also talk about Julio Jones being traded to the Tennessee Titans and Aaron Rodgers' watch continues. All this and more on episode 198 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 198 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me as always, and boy, oh boy, does it feel good. <laughs> it really does. To say this. Touchdown. Tyler is back in studio. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. Yep, yep. What's good. up, TP? How are you, man? It's dope to be back in the studio since the first time since March 2020. Yeah. Unbelievable. Big, big stretch, so... Uh... Yeah, no, man. I'm I'm stoked to be back in the building. <laughs> Last time you were here face to face with me recording this, it was March 2020. It's now June 9th, 2021. Crazy. What a ride. What a ride is right. I mean, but hey, damn. Guess what? We maybe only missed like 3 or 4 weeks total during all of that. Yeah. No, I mean 198. That's a that's a feat right there. <laughs> we're two, we're, two we're away. Knock, yeah, we're knocking on the door at two centuries. Yes, and um, man, season one's going good so far. <laughs> it's going great so far, <laughs> but man, all right. It I, this is just it's it's just it, great to be back in the studio. No, it it makes it makes it a lot easier. Add, yes, add something to it. Yes, definitely. It it was quite the adventure having you on the phone and then having you on the the zoom google meet or whatever you want to call it but uh a little no. bit of everything yes it's it's a new era now with the uh with the world and with the with the tsk show having you back in studio so we're excited and um i know you were excited for the fight over the weekend with logan paul and floyd mayweather I didn't watch a single second of it, so I want you to break it all down for yeah. me. Well, there's there's a lot to break down, but I think that there's just a lot of monumental stuff that goes on in these fights. Um, just because, you know, I feel like there is a future 
there is a future with um celebrity boxing celebrity mma um and these guys are kind of on the on the forefront but quick synopsis it went all eight rounds um logan paul is i think they had him at 40 pounds heavier um and 18 years younger Damn. so floyd floyd for sure was was boxing um he took it serious well he did in the sense that like you know he knew what he needed to do and this is this was what we thought it would be as floyd you know controlled everything um he fought a heavyweight he fought a younger man he gave logan props i thought logan and floyd both handled it really well post fight uh but essentially floyd carried the whole fight logan got gas after about two rounds and then floyd realized that he you know even if he got hit by him it wasn't going to do anything so Floyd was ultra ultra aggressive as far as like pushing the fight forward, staying in the action. Um, Logan leaned on him a lot to, you know, basically to make it. And yeah. uh essentially both guys won. And and Well, I think, yeah, there was no winner. There were no judges. It was a, a it was an exhibition. Yeah, and uh but it, I think this event went much better than the Nate Robinson. Well, for sure. Ben Askren and then uh, I will I will have to admit Logan Paul came out with one of the the best chains I've ever seen. Oh, the Charizard, yeah, the first edition Charizard. I think one of I think he said it was one of three in the world. Yeah, for and he he claimed it as a million dollar uh, card. Yeah, I saw that on social media, and I'm down with it. I believe it. I don't think that I think that if you put that thing up for an auction, it would definitely go for a million especially saying it was logan paul's and it was for that fight and exactly and those things are those those things are numbered like that's that's that is it's like one of three gem mint tens in existence yeah it's one of one in the sense like there's serial numbers on those things and and so they know exactly how many of those are out there yeah um but it it i mean it was cool in the sense that like floyd fought some heavyweight young kid that but it was bad for boxing in the sense of like it's not good boxing yeah um it's purely for fans that don't well like like well it's for logan paul's demographic yeah yeah and floyd and floyd is a is a genius he makes a bunch of money oh Um, yeah i mean he made so much money without even having to step foot into the ring before the match even started and floyd is 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 a genius in in the sense that he's been able to stay relevant past past his prime and he's making money as if he's in his prime oh yeah he's fighting guys that he knows he can beat and he's fighting guys um that are like no it's there's no risk involved so um he just constantly stays winning i think people i think from what i could tell on social media what i saw after the fight was over i think everybody was kind of split 50 50 like there was obviously the crowd like me who didn't even watch the fight because of the embarrassment it was for boxing. And then there was also the crowd that watched it because of Logan Paul and the hoopla. And obviously there was the boxing crowd that watched it because of Floyd Mayweather. But realistically it was split between the, the crowd of giving Logan Paul the respect of getting in the ring and lasting all eight rounds. And then there was the crowd that just still thought it was a joke. I'm in the crowd for someone who didn't watch it. I'm in the crowd of giving Logan Paul the respect of lasting the eight rounds. See, but because you didn't watch it, see, I think that that's like the misconception of this fight. That he like technically, yes, he went all eight rounds, but literally 
Floyd won eight eight rounds to nothing. And Floyd could have ended it early. No, I I mean Floyd Floyd's forty forty pounds lighter than Did Logan. He try I don't and knock I don't him out? I don't think that even if Floyd try like I don't know if Floyd can knock him out. Okay, like, that's a much bigger man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he won the boxing fight. He carried the boxing fight, and Logan leaned on him so much in the last six rounds that like he really didn't last. He held on. Yeah, and, and he was standing at the end, end of eight rounds. But well, it's like what Floyd did with Connor, and it's he... bad boxing. It's amateur boxing, but yeah. I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily say it's bad for the sport. It's bad, like boxing. You know, high, people that like high on boxing are gonna hate on it because it's not high end boxing. Yeah, uh, but it's amateur boxing, and there's big names attached to it. So you, there's a ton of different sports. Well, you where you will watch amateurs play because it's huge names yeah i mean, I mean essentially high yeah. school basketball you know that's like, exactly what that is and, and so or, or college football or or anything like that it's like it's not necessarily the highest quality of the sport but you're paying because you're interested in seeing these guys perform yeah so all right also i did see chad johnson chad ochocinco yeah. I saw on social media he did get knocked down, but he got right back up. So it wasn't necessarily a Nate Robinson situation, but no. he did take a shot. He did. I mean, Ocho Cinco had had nothing to be ashamed of. He he did no, well. He fought a boxer, got in yeah. there. He's an athlete. Yeah, so Brian Maxwell, he's like a legit boxer. I'd never heard of him. Well, I mean, I've never heard of him either. Oh, okay. Because I don't follow boxing like that. Got uh, it. But I think if you followed boxing, you probably knew who he was. Got it. Okay. All right. Well. That's it for the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight because I clearly didn't watch it and I don't don't really know what I'm talking about when it comes to to all of that. I just I wasn't a fan of the whole Floyd the Mayweather thing, fighting a YouTuber. Well, what it does for the sport, I think, is opens up the window for more you know different types of fans. Like there will be some guys that go from never watching boxing to watching one of these Paul guys fights to getting into boxing because of the Pauls. I bet you there are people that have never watched boxing before in their life. And the only boxing they've watched is the Paul brothers. And a lot of young people. So, you know, who knows? maybe it could be good for it in, the, who, who in the end. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a slippery slope because at the end of the day, it's a business, but it's also a sport. So yeah. How are you going to judge it? But all right, we got a lot to talk about with the NBA playoffs. And before we do that, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539. Or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 02068311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. You take this and you burn it. Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. naked. We are in the midst of the second round of the NBA playoffs currently. There's only one game on the slate tonight, Wednesday night, here for the NBA. It's the Phoenix Suns and Denver Nuggets. 
squaring off in game two of their series. Phoenix currently is up 56 to 42 at home with, uh, I mean, they just, just started the, the third quarter. So it's, it's early in the third quarter and uh, Phoenix is now up uh, 57 to 42. So uh, some live update for you, live updates for you out there. Um, real quick, before we get into what's going on in the playoffs, just some quick housekeeping, Tyler. Tom Thibodeau, he won Coach of the Year. Nikola Djokic, he won Most Valuable Player. And then earlier tonight, Rudy Gobert was awarded his third Defensive Player of the Year. I'm cool with Tibbs winning Coach of the Year. I know there is the the segment of people that are advocating for Monty Williams to have been Coach of the Year. Um, I think that is a valid, valid argument as well. But I'm good with Coach, uh, Coach Tom Thibodeau winning Coach of the Year. Jokic, I'm good with that as well. He averaged almost a triple-double. First center to win MVP since Shaq did it in 2000. First Denver Nugget to win MVP in franchise history. He was the 41st pick in the draft. Do you remember what was going on during his his draft pick? Or, uh, I, or were you reminded on social media I was, yesterday? I was reminded <laughs> that it was a commercial for a quesarita. Yes. And listen, hey, we all probably forgot it because it was a commercial break. I mean, he was not on the radar at all. No. It's not like he was some coveted, you know, European prospect coming over. He wasn't some guy that had pre-draft. like No, the Nuggets took a shot on him. and Second-round pick. The lowest draft pick ever to win MVP. Yep. And then there's Rudy Gobert. Take that for what you will. I mean, I think Miles Turner had a fabulous defensive season, but he missed a lot of games, so... Obviously, the injuries play a factor in not giving him the award. Rudy Gobert, he's one year removed from being back-to-back defensive player of the year. Um, yeah, three and four years. Rudy's been that guy this whole stretch, I think. Yeah, I mean, take as that for what a, you will. As far as a four-year body of work, he's been the best defensive player on arguably the best defensive team, no doubt a top three team of the last four years. Um, and he affects winning. I mean, they win with a relatively limited offensive. He came power. up with a key block last night against the Clippers, and uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. And, and he he really is, you know, my favorite comparison is Dikembe. He, I mean, he's a dominant defensive force. He's a dominant rebounding force. He's a leader. Um, you know, he's a little limited on offense, but it really doesn't matter because he doesn't. Have, he you don't have to. You don't have to run any plays for him. He doesn't ask for any shots. Yeah, and he's just a dominant defensive force. No, he he plays his role to a T. And listen, I mean, I give Rudy Gobert a lot of flack. I'm not his biggest fan. I think he is very like you can play him off the court at times depending on your schemes. Drafted 27th overall. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we were talking before we started recording. He is now what the the fourth player with at least three defensive player of the years and there's only two other guys that have four yep yep there's two guys that have three and two guys that have four i mean and he's in pretty good company with the likes of dikembe mutombo ben wallace and dwight Dwight howard now so i mean it's pretty certain that rudy gobert is now a hall of famer you would say absolutely God, I mean, he's got to be. That's pretty player. wild that he's already locked up the Hall of Fame so early in his career with, like, with these types of accolades. Because 
let's not forget he's led the league in blocks multiple years as well yeah he i mean it's it's been a good stretch for him i think he's put i think at this point in time he's put together a good enough uh body of work to be a hall of famer yeah i mean he he's he's got to be right there with all those you know great defensive centers of the past yeah and you're good with tibbs and jokic yeah, I think Tibbs definitely deserved it over Monty Williams. Not that Monty Williams wasn't deserving, but yeah, I think that there's an extra um, there's an extra uh, hill to climb with the Knicks, um, and getting that franchise out of the cellar was big time. Well, and, and my thing is, is you can't use the eight and zero in the bubble argument for what Monty like for Monty Williams' body of work as the coach of the Suns yeah. for this season. Yep. And no, that's that's what can't. I think a lot of people were trying to attribute. I mean, it's essentially an eight-game win streak. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, those happen. And I, they I've missed the playoffs. Those, it it, it didn't even the, end up ma- mattering. Exactly. I mean, I don't like to I don't like to downplay, like, going 8-0 in a bubble scenario. No, it was impressive it, as hell. But it, but it was also just kind of like, well, this team went on a good winning streak, like, too late. Yeah, if they didn't, so. if they didn't go on that 8-0 run, I don't think Chris Paul considers them. And they were also were um, – I don't think there were a serious threat to win any series, you know, if they got in the playoffs. Whereas last year, at least. Last year, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, we're yeah. good We're good with all yeah. the awards so yeah. far. Yeah, jo- Jokic, yep. First first since uh, Shaq, super impressive. Yeah, I mean, he averaged almost a triple-double as a center. That's unbelievable. It was a weird, yeah, it was a weird year. I think there was a number of guys that deserved it. But uh, Jokic, I mean, he's a special player. And, I mean, the only argument, I think, besides Miles Turner for Defensive Player of the Year was obviously Ben Simmons. And I think ultimately with the stigma of the defensive player of the year award usually going to a center, I think the voters It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to um to be defensive player of the year and be, you know, a non rim protector. Yeah, definitely. So all right. Uh one last uh housekeeping note as far as head coaching vacancies. Terry Stotts of the Portland Trailblazers, Steve Clifford of the Orlando Magic and Nate Bjorkren of the Indiana Pacers, or should I all just say formally now, of the Blazers, Magic, and Pacers, uh, they were all fired, relieved of their duties, uh, you could say, uh, from their respective head coaching positions. That now means Boston, Indiana, Orlando, and Portland are all now open for a new head coach going to be interesting to see how the the offseason plays out as far as the head coaching carousel goes i don't want to go too deep into it now because we got a lot to talk about with the playoffs but i'm sure we'll get to it later on in the offseason but real quick initial thoughts on, on these three guys letting go um, or getting let go in, indiana blitz should have kept nate mcmillan yeah well uh, steve clifford is a great coach i think that they should have held on um to him through the rebuild uh, because clearly they've just done a fire sale and traded all their stars. Yeah. Um, so I th- he's a good coach. Where he goes, that's going to be a win. And then Portland, that was unfortunate. Terry Stotts is a very capable coach. It just was like something has to change. Um, and he was the guy, and Jason Kidd's going to be the next coach of the Portland no, Trailblazers. He no, took his, he took his name out. The Portland Trailblazers? Yeah, I know, I know Dame said he wanted it, and literally after that came out, Jason Kidd, I thought he took name. his name out of the uh no, he took his the name Boston out. Celtics job. Well, he's not in he's not in the running for the Boston Celtics job either. Those candidates came out earlier today. Um I'm I saw Chauncey Billups on that list, yeah, uh, a couple Sam other Cassell. names. Sam Cassell, yeah. yeah. But for Portland, 
when Dame came out and told yeah. Chris Haynes that he wanted Jason Kidd, there was a lot of backlash from Portland fans because of the domestic uh, domestic violence case from Jason Kidd's past yeah. that came up, and they didn't want it. Jason Kidd, I think, took his name out of the running just to to make it easier on the Blazers. Exactly, because he wants to get a job somewhere else, and then and then or I mean, he's going to cool. stick around with that. Well, I mean, I think yeah. Well, it, which you know. But that's that's a story for a different beca- day because he was because, in charge of the like, offense. That's the best he could get, you know. Just save face, be a bigger person. Um, he's also those the, highest, kinda, those he's kinda, the highest paid assistant coach in the league right well, now. Well, those kind of uh, those kind of moves are gonna play in your favor as far as be you know character moves. Right. So he kind of wanted. I to... I don't know. I mean, Oakland point guard, he could be good. Listen, Tyler, you said obviously Terry Stotts getting fired in Portland. Something had to happen. We've been talking the entire time we've been doing the Sports Kingdom show about when is it going to be time to break up CJ and Dame. And clearly, for right now, they've chosen to just get rid of Terry Stotts. Yeah, I I just... When you got two great all-star caliber players like that in the city of Portland, you got to hold on to them. Hey, hey, Rob Palenka, give Portland whatever they want for Dame. You can see it's... Whatever I just, they I want. would I wouldn't trade Dame for any number of draft picks. Like unless you're giving me a star, I'm not trading Dame because Portland, you can't attract free agents. You have to build through the draft. So if you happen to draft a all star caliber guy, you have to do whatever you can to keep those guys. They're not gonna get, you know, the only reason they got a guy even like Mello is because of CJ and Dame. You know yeah. what I mean? That's their their that's, recruiting was the, key. The, they're you know they're the only reasons why any second tier free agent would want to go there. Uh, be, first tier free agents are not even going to think about it. Yeah. Even if Dame's there. Yeah. So, so I think they made the right move. Unfortunately, I think Terry Stotts is a good coach. No, so he's a great sucks, coach. But he was Dame's coach his but, entire uh, career. Yeah. Which. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I probably I wouldn't have fired him personally, but I also don't know what I would do in that situation when you've kind of stalled out. Portland uh, was really at a crossroads. You stalled out, but the worry there is it could get a lot worse. It it definitely could get a lot worse. But the good news is, at least for right now, Dame is locked into that supermax contract. So th- there is contract security for Portland with Damian Lillard. The only way he's leaving is if they trade him. So. They have a good core um, under contract. For yeah, sure. and they they're they're I think pretty adamant about keeping that core together, and I think they're just going to try a, try a new coach. We'll see what happens. They've got the talent. They they they're right there. They're knocking on the door. Yeah. So, all right. Let's let's get into the playoffs, uh, Tyler. We haven't talked since. Well, we haven't talked on the show at least. We've we've definitely talked since the Lakers lost. But we haven't talked on the TSK show about the Lakers losing to the Phoenix Suns. They lost 113 to 110 in game six to the Phoenix Suns last Thursday night. Anthony Davis did give it his best effort in game six to play. But when he was out there, he he clearly looked like he was not moving well at all and was not 100%. From what I read and could tell from what was reported is that he didn't necessarily re-aggravate that groin injury. But because it was his groin, the the start and stop movements were what was really aggravating him, and it it was still pretty painful for him, and it, it that was what was really impacting his mobility. 
he he tried to get up for a block on Devin Booker, I think it was, and that was really the moment where he he took himself out of the game and it just it it didn't it didn't work out. He gave it his best effort, but game six was what it was. I'm yeah, game five and six, man, I just, you know, Phoenix was on. Well, and, and here's they the thing. They were Phoenix's night, and the Lakers weren't at 100%. So, you know, even with the Lakers at 100%, who knows if they win games five and six. Yeah. So, it, it's like, that's if you lose someone like Ann Davis, it's just really hard to compete. Yeah, and, and honestly, now that I've had some time to, to really process it, I'm still more mad about game five than I am game six, because at least in game six, I know it was because their backs were up against a wall in a, in an elimination game. They still played with more fight in game five. They cut the lead to 10 points in the second half. And and honestly, it's it's just really hard to look at this season and think that this team played up to its full potential. I said it all along. Their, their biggest demise was going to be the injuries because of how little time they would have had together to to put it all together on the court and i mean for the record the condensed schedule and this is this is according to harrison fagan from silver screen and roll uh on sb nation and we're we're going to try and get him on in in the next couple of weeks uh to 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 really get a deep dive on on the lakers season and and what to look forward to in the offseason but he tweeted out after game six when the lakers lost the Lakers only practiced 17 times during the regular season, had four shoot-arounds and seven postseason practices. Yeah. That's insane. That is insane, although I think, you know, that was a similar circumstance for every team. Oh, for sure. No, and I'm not I'm not trying to use it as an excuse. That's the reality for all teams. But, but Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely makes it tough. Uh, I just think that, you know, Outside of uh, LeBron and Ant Davis injury, you know, even if one of those two things doesn't happen, your season's going a lot differently. Yeah, and I, I mean, you it's get just... better. You get better seating. You, you know, you exactly you give yourself a better chance to win the playoffs. I don't necessarily think the time this team had enough talent to win it. If the if this team was on the floor, they would have got it done. Exactly. It's, but it's... we but we really just didn't get to see the team come to fruition because people were hurt. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to to really be upset about the Lakers getting bounced in the first round as a 42 and 37th seed when they had to beat the Warriors to even get into the playoffs from the play-in game and the main core of this team had a 71-day offseason. AD missed 36 games, Braun missed 27 games along with all the new additions to the team. Well, it, and it's just like, you know, who knows? None of that may have mattered if Ant never got hurt. Exactly. They were 21-6 and six on Valentine's if, Day if, when AD got hurt. If Ant, if Ant doesn't get hurt, this season could just go completely different, and they still could be the favorites. Now, what I found really interesting was from the exit interviews I was listening to from the players, it, it sounds like a lot of these guys want to come back and run it back now that this team will have a full offseason and, and a chance to get healthy. So Because there's enough talent. Exactly. I mean, the and team, they know the they had a wasted opportunity. Yeah, yeah kind of i mean it hurts when you know you got the talent to win and don't win but yeah i mean for the most part this was out of the lakers control um and davis's injury really i think he could have survived lebron's injury and, and and had him playing at the caliber he was playing in these playoffs but yeah you just couldn't, yeah you couldn't 
and Ant- couldn't recover from it. He didn't come into the season healthy, and that was very evident. Yeah, I mean, I just think that the season really just went as Ant Davis went, and that's, you know. Yeah, and I mean, great. listen, here's the thing. You know, you but know, this is Ant Davis too. You know, this is his no. mo. It's not. This is not the first time this has happened. Unfortunately, it probably won't be the last. This is a big guy. He's fragile. I don't know if he's ever played a full season. I I don't believe he's played a full 82. So, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll double check that right now. But, it, you know, he's 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 a guy that gets injured. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, he to, definitely to needs say to that, he needs the most games he's ever played in a season is 75. Like, and for him to like if he goes on and they win the championship next year, you know, to get to get two healthy ad playoff runs out of three years is pretty good yeah and listen i mean at the end of the day i think his main focus this offseason needs to be health yeah maintaining his body how to maintain his body through yeah. through a realistically 100 game season because the lakers plan to play into the finals every year that's the goal and well yeah definitely i mean and he's you know he's still young he's really the future yeah he's only 27 He's the future of the Lakers, so he needs to try to have he needs to have a sense of urgency to win it while he's got LeBron for sure. But he also needs to you know set himself up for success in the long run for sure. And so I mean, at the end of the day, in my opinion, Tyler, I know you're about to get on me for this, but at the end of the day, the season was a failure because the Lakers didn't win the championship. In my opinion, well, but I, there's but there's a lot of context behind the failure that definitely should yeah, not be discredited that's why I, I don't necessarily think it was a failure i mean you know? it, it's a failure because like i said you if it doesn't feel good no it sucks to not win when you have the talent but your talent wasn't out there i mean yeah. it's it's hard for you know those cleveland fans in, in uh what was it 2015 for the golden state fans in 2019 yeah you know what i mean it, it, this is uh this is a part of history in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. And you just happened to fall on the, the wrong side of it this year. But they had the championship in 2020, so it wasn't all for loss. No, nah, and you still got Bron AD for one more year. I think if you get nah, two more ch- than that, well, LeBron and AD. Bron's locked up for two more years. He signed he, in an extension. A three-year extension. Yeah, not a two-year extension. I'm I'm bringing up his contract details right now. Well, regardless, if you're able to get to, you know, if you come back next year healthy, ready to go, you're going to be a contender. Then you're looking at maybe getting two two rings with LeBron in four years, two rings in three years with Ant. I mean, that's pretty successful. Bron's under contract for next season and mm-hmm. one more season. Yep. Okay, so you got two more years with Ant and LeBron. Um, you got to win one of those. Hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent with you on that. You, you gotta, I mean, you gotta win next one of year those. we gotta get it. We gotta get two out, two out of three. There's plenty of support on that roster. So, well, I mean, the roster, the roster is gonna be very interesting. The only players besides AD and Braun that are under contract right now for next season are KCP, Kuz, and Marcus All. Trez and Alfonso McKinney have player options, and then Dennis, Andre Drummond, Caruso, Wesley Mas- Wesley Matthews, Markeith Morris, Ben McElmore, and Jared Dudley are all unrestricted free agents. So this summer is going to be very interesting to see, I don't, I don't, to see I, what happens. I I honestly don't know if one of those free agents comes back. Caruso comes back. He'll take less money. 
Maybe. Crusoe has his once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. For sure he does. And the Lakers are not going give to give him the biggest bag. No, but I think he'll take less to play with AD and Braun for another chance at a chip. Yeah. It'll be tough because someone's going to be someone's going to pay him. Don't get me started on Dennis Schroeder, though. I mean, he, I, I'm not going to hate on him. He bet on himself. It didn't work out, but the guy bet it, on boy, himself. Boy, it didn't work out. Hey, he... he he worked hard. He was a starter, was sent to the bench, worked hard to become a starter again, bet on himself. I can't hit on that. It didn't work out. He's obviously going to take, you know, less money than he could have had, but it could have worked out for him, too. I know? think I think Schroeder ends up being part of a sign-and-trade with the Lakers this offseason and, and because the Lakers, I think, are going to try and go big fishing this offseason because it is a big, big summer. It's a big free agent class. There's a lot of big names that could be on the move on the trade block. Yeah, Schroeder, uh, Schroeder could definitely be a sign and trade guy for sure. I don't, I don't really see him in a Lakers uniform next year. No, Ma- I mean Magic said he didn't have what it takes to be, didn't have what it takes to be a Laker. So, yeah, which I think is harsh, but I mean, <laughs> I think Schroeder's a really good player. Uh, I think that, like, if nobody knew about that contract thing, but Schroeder had be the, different. Dennis had the chance to take charge of the team when AD and Braun were out, and he just did not. He was way too inconsistent during that time period. That's, that's yeah, but that's asking a lot out of him. I think he that was, that's He's the point guard. He's the starting point guard. Yeah, but to to ask no, him to step you, that, to no, ask him he, to step in for no, LeBron and AD, that's like, dude, there's not, even if he played the best basketball of his life, the Lakers are still going to be hamstrung for missing their two best players. For sure, but they still, still did a good enough. They still, still did a good enough job to stay afloat. Schroeder is a good point guard. I mean, this kid can play. Right. He's a, he's a valuable piece. Uh, he just it didn't work out for him this year. Nobody nobody thinks he's a top ten point guard in the league. I mean, that's not those weren't the exception. You know, the expectations. You just need to. You just needed him to have quality minutes as a starter. Yeah, and then I mean. Andre Drummond getting promised the starting position to basically get him to sign with the Lakers. That has its own issues. It makes in itself. sense though. Like it, it, you have to do it to to get the guy, but it's it it goes away from everything that he's was one of the, the mantra of last year's team. Yeah, but, for sure. But he's what to you know, to grab one of the best double double guys in the NBA. Yeah, I mean I still would have done it. You know, with Tre- with Trez as a bench guy. And Gasol is willing to do anything. You got to pull that trigger. You got to promise it to him. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's I said, just... and, and Davis doesn't get injured. None of this shit maybe be questioned. No, the Lakers would still you be know, in the playoffs. Drummond been a great move. Schroeder would be making hundred million. Like <laughs> there, it would have been con- and Davis injury away from a lot of things. Yeah, so huge, all right. huge effect on the franchise. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So all right, let's. Enough about the Lakers because unfortunately they're out. Let's let's move across the hall from uh, the Lakers and Staples Center to the Clippers, and uh, we'll start in the Western Conference. Obviously, the Jazz Tyler last night they went up one nothing on the Clippers after Game One of their series. Mike Conley Jr. did not play in Game One due to a hamstring injury. The Jazz won 112 to 109 behind a 45-point performance from Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert had a double-double with three blocks, and obviously the last, the third and final block was the final play of the game where he blocked Marcus Morris in the corner on the three-point attempt to tie the game. Um, 
Boz, uh, it's Bojan Bogdanovich with yeah, uh, Utah, right? I always forget which Bogdanovich it is. But Bojan Bogdanovich and Jordan Clarkson, they both had 18 points. All of Clarkson's points were coming from the three-point area. Shout out to Jordy for wearing that Kobe jersey before the game in an interview. For the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they combined for 43 points. Kawhi Leonard was 9 of 19, and Paul George, good old Pandemic P, was back, baby. 4 of 17 from the field. Luke Kennard, who saw the floor very sparingly in the first round, I, I believe he didn't even appear in a game until game six of the Clippers' first-round series against the Mavs. And we can talk about the Mavs in a second um, because they have their own issues to deal with. Um, but Luke, Luke Kennard, he was four of six from three off the bench, adding 18 points for the Clippers. But the Jazz, they held the Clippers to 19 points in the third quarter. They got hot going on some timely runs in the second half to secure that victory at home. And I, I, I saw a lot of excuses about the Clippers being tired from game seven. I don't want to hear any of that. The, the Clippers were the only team to have three instances of two days off in the first round. So I don't want to hear about this. They only had one day off in between game seven and game one, and they're tired. It's it's the playoffs. It's the NBA. Like They may have been the only ones to have that, but they were also the only ones to play seven games. So, hey, you know, but they shouldn't have fell down 0-2 in the it, first place. Well, it all evens out. You know, I think it all evens out. I don't think any one team has any one advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, but Ty Lue, he did start Marcus Morris over Avica Zubox again in game one to try and space the floor and keep Gobert out out on the perimeter as much as possible, like we were talking about when, when talking about Rudy being defensive player of the year. But what do you think the Clippers are going to need to do in game two to make sure they steal at least one game from the Jazz in Utah? Because they're they're gonna have to win game two if. Yeah, no, I mean you definitely don't want to go down 0-2 again. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I think the Clippers have plenty of plenty of juice to beat this team. You know what I mean? Like they just need to be on offensively. If they it, and because Utah is such a good defensive team, I do think that they're they've got a heavy hitter with Donovan Mitchell, but. Um, you know, their secondary scorers, guys like Ingles, Clarkston. I don't know if they're necessarily Ingles like, didn't have a great game, but Bogdanovich and Clarkson coming uh, up with and, 18. And Bogdanovich, uh, you know, Bogdanovich, Clarkston, Ingles. I don't know if I'm necessarily scared by them. You know, if you if you hold Donovan Not if Mitchell, I'm Kawhi Leonard and Paul if, George. If you have a if you have if Donovan Mitchell has a you know, any any resemblance of playing at a human level, then you got a chance to win. Um Really, Paul George is is just like yo. You He's just, got demons in you, Utah, man. You just need something out of him, and uh, and you know he really is just like one playoff series away from everybody like giving him the pass. Like if he just like started playing well for one series, <laughs> and the Clippers won, everyone would forget about it. Like it it would move on. You know what I mean? Like if the Clippers go to the Western Conference Finals and Paul George plays really well, like. He's just gotta. He's gotta uh, break this plateau. It's it's unbelievable. It's gotta be part. It's gotta be partly mental. Listen, I mean, I make jokes about Paul George and his playoff woes all the time, but at the end of the day, I know deep down, Paul George is one of the best players in the NBA right now. Like, well, and he, I, it's and unreal. He, plays, he played so well against LeBron in Indiana, 
Well, and that was pre-injury. Uh, yeah, and and it's just so it's sad to see because he's not like he is a really high caliber player. He's not playing like it in the times that you need him to play like it. So it's kind of tarnishing his legacy when really he should be known as like a really a top tier, top fifteen player in the world type of guy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a stud. Now listen, they I'm... just need they need just normal from him. Kawhi's doing his thing. Kawhi's playing good. Yeah, Kawhi's uh, been playing unbelievable these playoffs, and and he did everything he could to get them back the in that Mavs series. Deep. And the Clippers are deep; they can do a lot of different things lineup wise. I was surprised to not see Pat Beverly out there for longer because Donovan Mitchell was so hot. I thought maybe it would just be something that Ty Lue could throw it at Mitchell because Beverly is just a pest that maybe it could throw Mitchell off somehow, some way. I I think maybe we see him a little bit more in Game Two, but. I was really disappointed in Kawhi Leonard not taking that last shot with seven seconds left. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he has to like, take that shot. If I'm Morris, I'm pissed. You know what I mean? Like, to, to, like to, I, I get Paul George passing it up because he he's going through whatever he's going through in his head. No, nah, but both of those guys, like, yeah, one of a, one of cannot, those guys got to take the shot. He can't end up in Marcus Morris's hands, especially if Rudy Gobert's guarding him. It's just like, it, even if he's not, I mean, even Marcus Morris doesn't have a person within 15 feet of him. And like, Marcus Morris didn't have a bad game. He's been nah, but pretty that's solid not, from like, three lately. You got you to gotta live and die with your guys. You can't. And now that doesn't feel good. Like, I would much rather have Kawhi attempted the shot and miss right. than that. And realistically, I know there's always been the argument with LeBron making the right pass in the last second to, to pass it to a teammate. There was still seven seconds left they could have got a rebound and kicked it back out maybe if it was a long rebound but joe ingles i'm pretty sure was the one closing out on Kawhi. there was still enough room for Kawhi to just let that bitch fly Kawhi should have took the shot I mean, without plain, a doubt plain, plain and simple he should have he should have took the shot he should have known it that was not a lebron make the right play not moment. at all that was not like not he was being doubled and he found the open guy or morris was wide open in the corner I mean, it was just, it was weird. I mean, it was just like a routine play when really he should be in like clutch mode where, you know. No, he's got to be. Maybe that play works over. in the middle of the second quarter, but right now I got to live and die with me taking the shot. 100%, especially if, if you're the 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 leader of that team. Um, one last note on the Jazz Clippers series. Uh, I think it's so cool to see what, like Dwayne Wade courtside as a part owner of the jazz coaching up the jazz players. And that that's just gotta be such a cool feeling for all the players as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, especially playing in Utah. I mean, Utah is a, is a pretty crazy place as far as stadium goes. I mean, it's pretty hostile. Yeah. Um, to get a guy. No, I mean, did you see that crowd last night? That crowd was insane. To get a comforting voice on the sideline, even if you are the home team and the crowd's on your side, it's just like, to have a guy like Dwayne Wade helping you out in a place like Utah, it's yeah. I think it's a it's a perfect match, um, match made in heaven. Yeah. Now, real quick, and then Donovan Mitchell to be a Dwayne Wade type of guy, like it's even better. And did you see? Uh, he's that's his fourth forty point game for the playoffs for his career, and he did it quicker than Carl Malone did it. And he has, I think, I'm pretty sure he has more forty point games now. In the playoffs, yeah, but, and Carl Malone. I mean, I mean, hey, when yeah. you're when you're putting your name in the record books the, next the, to Carl yeah, Malone yeah, for the yeah, Utah for Jazz, sure. I mean, those those records are going to get broken. There's 20 more possessions a game. Yeah, 
No, that means it's for sure a sign of the times, but yeah, you know, Carl Malone's also the second leading scorer in NBA history. Exactly. I think if we looked up at uh, 20 point games or 25 point games, it would be Malone by a mile. <laughs> but, Probably. but, but, you know, records are made to be broken. Yeah. Now, real quick, before we move on to the Suns and Nuggets, the the Mavs, they are really at a crossroads. There's, I think, clearly a rift between Luka and Kristaps Porzingis that's been reported in the media that Kristaps, I think, is unhappy with his role or or not really his treatment, but, but the way it's perceived of the dynamic between Luka and Kristaps um there's questions about rick carlisle's job i don't think that's the right move in dallas i mean rick carlisle's one of only eight coaches in the nba with a ring so that that's really hard to come by that type of knowledge and and experience as a head coach in the nba it's like you you ask the question all right let's fire rick carlisle who do we replace him with yeah so dallas i think is in a very interesting position losing to the clippers two years in a row in the playoffs with the way it all went down, Chris Stapps got hurt last year. Luca gets hurt this year, but Luca still played phenomenally during all of that. I mean, he legitimately carried them on their back. Yeah, well, Chris Stapps is not that dude. It's just no, that's very apparent now. He's yeah, not who I mean, we thought it's he just was. Like if that's if that's the case, you just move on with him. And, they and have somebody, to. you know, Chris Stapps is probably at a point in his career where a new opportunity would help him and. He could help a team that needs some talent for the yeah. cheap um, because he's not he's not necessarily that valuable right now he's still valuable because he's a, he's a freak uh freak of nature talent wise i mean he has talent he just hasn't sh- hasn't showed up and hasn't done it consistently hasn't done it in the right moments and he's also injury prone so um if there's any sort of riff in dallas and and, and someone's got to go chris taps is easy decision yeah for uh, sure and and the and the mavericks have a good roster built without him so they're they're essentially in the same spot with or without him they're still a player away regardless if they have him or not because you can't count on him as being like the number two you can't count on him being that's like, very we, apparent we now. want it's luca number one Kristaps number two he's going to give us 18 to 21 a game and then we just need a number three guy now nah, you need a number two guy yeah for sure so all right, I just was looking at the the Suns Nuggets score because we're going to talk about them right now. There's 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Suns are up 91 to 70 in game 2. They they won game 1 122 to 105. In game 1, Mikael Bridges was 4 of 8 from 3 leading the Suns in scoring. He's been great for them as a 3 and D guy coming up with big shots. Great defensive stops for them as well. He had 23 points in game one. CP3 had 21 points, 11 assists. Booker had 21 points as well, 8 assists. And Aiton had a double-double with 20 and 10. For Denver in game one, Jokic had 23 and 9. And Aaron Gordon added 18 of his own. But Michael Porter Jr., who was very key in the first round for Denver against the Portland Trailblazers, he tweaked his back in game one. He did play in game two. He's currently two of 12 with eight points uh jokic has 24 and 13 but uh for the suns it's it's been a well-balanced attack they're up now 25 uh booker's got 18 10 and 
10 and 2. Chris Paul's got 11 and 15. Aiton's got 15 and 10. Uh, Bridges got 13. He's one of seven from three, so that's that's an off shooting night for him. But I mean, Denver is just dominating, or Phoenix is just dominating Denver right now. Um, what does Denver need to do to tie this series once they, going back home? They got nothing. I don't think they got anything for Phoenix without Jamal Murray. They need Jamal Murray. Yeah, I mean, Will Barton did come back yeah, tonight, but he uh, clearly yeah. didn't affect yeah. the game. Nah, he's not going to move the needle in a seven-game series. Yeah, I mean, he he's 16 maybe minutes, they, 10 points. Maybe if they had Jamal Murray, that would make a difference. But, you know, Denver's playing with kind of a, a, a half-loaded deck. You know, they're missing one of their two stars. Yeah, they still have the MVP, but, you know, I, I would – Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Knighton over, I got to take over a Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon scenario. Well, here's the thing. You said Devin Booker and Chris Paul. The starting backcourt tonight for Denver was Austin Rivers and Frank Compazzo. Which it's been. I mean, exactly. That's, that's no, that's been, been their starting yeah, lineup. Yeah. But you're pitting that. Nah, yeah. They, they, the, the Phoenix Suns have Not all Frank the Frank Compazzo. It's uh, Facundo. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix has I all. Frank. I think they have all the uh, the advantages in the world. I think this is going to be a, a you know, Phoenix in five. Yeah, I, I Jokic, think Denver, Denver Jokic gets will win one. one because they have Jokic, um, and he could definitely win a game. But Aiton's a big young kid; they can like run around and bash with him. I got to give DeAndre Aiton a lot of credit. He has been phenomenal in these playoffs. It's his first playoff appearance. There was yeah. a lot of question marks surrounding him coming into the playoffs if he was going to be able to step up under the bright lights yep. for a number two seed Phoenix Suns which is against a- going up against the Lakers in the first round and now going up against the MVP and Nikola Jokic Aiton's been phenomenal yeah which makes it you know like you know you he was the number quite, one pick for a reason yeah people questioned him before he made a playoff appearance and now it's like come well, on he, I mean now that he everybody's got caught seen with the him, steroids and then he got hurt and well, last it, year it's, yeah it's, I mean and the steroids was like what know. are you doing? It's, it's iffy at best. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think I, I I don't necessarily believe that he was I think he was got I think he got caught with like a diluting substance in his piss or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was I feel like it was sketchy. It wasn't necessarily like sketchy. But steroids. he still missed twenty five games. This kid was last a year. freak of nature in No, high he school. is a freak of nature. I mean, this dude is massive. Um and I think he's just showing the world whatever you know, if you've seen this kid play, he's showing the world what he can do. Um, yeah you kind of knew if you've seen him play yeah i mean i've I've been a big aiden fan since the jump like when he was coming out of the draft i felt like he he was the number one pick because it's rare to find a big guy like that and i think that even through the suspension you know it's just like you just got to give this kid time he's young yeah no and i think i think that's always the case that's always the case with big guys coming into the league so young you just have to give them a little bit more time he's a real real center i mean this is a real seven footer without a a doubt solid uh solid guy so i mean i i really realistically have the suns moving on to the western conference finals as well it's it's going to be interesting i think the jazz clippers series is really a toss-up still I think it realistically could go six, seven games. It yeah, I think it goes six, seven games. But I do think the Clippers are going to play the Suns. Don't don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm heavily rooting for Jazz Suns right now. Yeah, I think I think the Clippers. <laughs> I think the Clippers have set themselves up. You know, it's it's 
like all all three of their series could be equal difficulties you know dallas utah phoenix you know yeah no they definitely I don't have see a tough a lot road of, i don't well i just don't see a lot of disparity on those teams like the west is pretty deep if you can you know if you can handle the mavericks if you can handle the jazz you can really beat anybody yeah no i mean, yeah. I mean listen there was a reason the jazz were the best team in the season all year they were healthy for 99.9 percent of the season up until donovan mitchell got hurt in like the last two weeks i hate to say it but if i had to put my money on a team coming out of the west i think it's the clippers i think the clippers are gonna win the west i'm not ready to say that quite yet i think the clippers it's um although chris paul if chris paul lines up against the clippers that could be good hey. i don't know he could he could really do some damage sun's in the western conference finals for the first time in since 2010 possibly Kawhi is playing just as good as anybody left in this in this second round so um ultimately i got to ride with Kawhi of, of all the guys left over booker or Jokic or donovan mitchell well on that note then let's head east let's head east let's uh let's talk about the philadelphia 76ers and the atlanta east is hawks so much more fun this year i mean we thought the bucks and Nets series and we'll get to that in a second was going to be the best series of the entire playoffs and it has not really lived up to that i hype. was excited for it but i i did kind of <laughs> know that brooklyn was gonna i didn't necessarily i mean i just i knew i've been riding with brooklyn all year but i was excited for them to play the bucks because i wanted to see if all these investments into versatile defenders yeah. was going to work, but I was af- I was always afraid that investing in Middleton and Drew Holiday was like you. God, we'll, we'll talk you need, about it. We'll talk about a, it. We'll talk about it in a second. Let's start you need with a Philly bucket and, getter. You let's know? go in. Let's go in seating order real quick. Let we'll, we'll talk about the Bucks because I'm I'm angry with them as well. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks they are tied in their series at one game apiece after the first two games in Philadelphia. Atlanta came out hot in game one. They had a 20-point lead at halftime in game one, but thanks to a 41-point fourth quarter, the 76ers, they were able to make it a close game, but the Hawks ultimately ended up squeezing that one out, 128-124. to Game two, the Sixers had control for most of the game. They go on to win 118-102. to Obviously, the biggest question going into this series was the status of Joel Embiid after missing the final game of the first round against the Wizards with that small tear in his lateral meniscus. He's played so far in both games of this series. And Tyler, Joel Embiid looks like a a man on a mission. He has been extremely impressive. He's averaging 39.5 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, and two blocks through two games in the series so far. He had a playoff career high of 40 points in game two. And he's also shooting almost 37% from three so far as the starting center for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Arguably their best three-point shooter. Yeah. And now my thing with the 76ers is Ben Simmons in game one had 17 points and 10 assists while being seven of seven from the field, but only three of 10 from the free throw line. All right. 17 and 10, double-double, perfect from the field. Great. You can't be going three of 10 from the free throw line and then in game two he only had four points seven assists three rebounds on only three shot attempts and then missed both his free throws he's a liability huh? i mean it's, he, he's a liability I need more, down I need the stretch more from ben simmons well you you know it's just down the stretch you can't i mean he's a great basketball player he can make a lot of things happen throughout a game 
But you can't but rely on him. You can't play him down the stretch, unfortunately. You, you can't. If he goes to the line, he's a liability. If they people leave him open and they go double Embiid, he's not going to go get a shot for you. I mean, really, Tobias Harris is kind of your second Well, leader. Seth Curry and Tobias Harris have been doing yeah. their job. They're averaging 21 apiece for the series and so Embiid far. Embiid is a monster. I mean, I, I thought that Atlanta was going to win this series because I thought Embiid was, was, yeah, was we, hurt. I mean, we were expecting Embiid not to play. Well, and if he did play, it was like on some right, sort of Right, we thought he would be tear, limited. You know? Uh, He's been unreal. If Embiid's on the court, Philadelphia wins every game for the rest of the series. Yeah. And if, now, if Embiid's not on the court, I do believe that the Hawks win this series. But, like, Embiid, like, Ben Simmons's liabilities down the stretch is only going to hurt him when it matters. Like, Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals. You're not going to be able to win a championship if your second-best player can't play at the end of the game. No. And now, to to your point of Although Philly. Although the Lakers did it with Shaq. That's that's a bit different. It is. It, they also had Kobe. Yeah, for sure. But uh, it, it is tough. I mean, it makes it, it makes it really hard. You need your guys to be on the court. But to your point of if Embiid is out there and playing the way he has been so far this series on a bum knee, the Hawks now have DeAndre Hunter. He's now out for the rest of the season because he has a small tear in his lateral meniscus, but it's, uh, I'm guessing, worse than Embiid's is because he now needs surgery. So Hunter's was a huge piece for the Hawks, and so if he's not coming back at all for this series, that is, that I mean, that changes the series, in my opinion, and definitely swings the momentum. If, well, if it wasn't already I mean, in Philadelphia's kinda, favor, uh, it I is mean, now. Yeah, you know, they have... The 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 Hawks are deep. I mean, Gallinari is not a bad, you know, guy no. to bring in. You just essentially you're trading offense for defense. Yeah, but I mean, what are you expecting now from Atlanta to try and salvage their season heading back home? I mean, I just think they're going to keep trying to do what they do. Uh, you know, running gun. Get they Trey, have to play through Trey. Get Trey going, which is what they do. I mean, that's obviously the smart. They need That's, energy from Collins and Capella. I liked, which I liked when Capella and Embiid were going back and forth on those dunks. They get. I, I feel like the, the Hawks are playing well. There's nothing the Hawks can do to win this series. <laughs> it's all about the Sixers. <laughs> yeah. No, but but I mean. I feel the, you. I feel the, you. The Hawks, if the Hawks win it, it's not because of them. It's because of the Sixers. Yeah, the Sixers lost the series. You know what I mean? The, the, the Sixers, Hawks did win it. The Sixers are a better basketball team with Embiid on the court. Without Embiid. The Sixers are not better than this Hawks team. That's essentially as, as simple as I can break it down. Um, it doesn't matter what the Hawks do. It only matters what Joel Embiid does. Yeah. They could play the best basketball for the next, you know, three games they've ever played. But if Embiid's out there, they got nothing for him. No, I mean, in game one, he put up 39 points, and then he follows it up with 40 points in game two. Like Yeah, it's... first, first Sixer to score 40 since AI. That's sick. Well, in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean that. I, I was not expecting this type of Joel Embiid. No, neither was I. But I also didn't think you know he'd be on the court healthy. So yeah, he, he's obviously just no. I mean, there's no there's no team in the NBA that can guard him. So you you got to just help to outscore him, um, and that's gonna be tough. Yeah, and I mean, listen, game one, the only way the Hawks won w was by scoring 128 points. Yeah, and that's what the Hawks do. I mean, they have that ability, and that's. That's the only way they're going to get out of this series if Embiid is on the court. But yeah. But I find I, that very unlikely. 
I need more out of Ben Simmons. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll see if, if we get it. If I'm a Sixers it. fan, I need more out of him because I know that's going to keep us from winning a championship. I mean, you're not well gonna, without a doubt. That's what you're that not going to be. What holds you back from a championship? You're not going to be. You're not going to be Brooklyn um, without Ben Simmons on the court at the end of the game. You need him to guard Kevin Durant, and you need to have him, you know, be able to hit shots and facilitate the offense. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's a tough. That's going to be a tough hill to climb. Yeah. And now speaking of Brooklyn. We, we will end our, our NBA playoffs talk on the Brooklyn Nets and Milwaukee Bucks. We, we thought this was realistically going to be a more exciting series. The Nets, they're, they're currently up 2 nothing on the Bucks. As Which, the, it can be exciting still. The it, series listen, doesn't start till someone loses at home. You're right. You're right. If the Bucks come out and fucking put work in these next two, it's, it's one thing. I hope so. But the series is shifting to Milwaukee after the first two games in Brooklyn. James Harden has already been ruled out for game three after missing the majority of game one and all of game two because he injured his hamstring early in the first quarter of game one. But his absence hasn't really been noticed because the Nets have been dominant. KD and Kyrie combined for 54 points in game one with Blake Griffin adding 18 points and 14 rebounds in a 115 to 107 game one victory game two was a blowout and the nets they were up 49 points at one point kd and Kyrie combined for 54 points once again and blake griffin had a nasty put back dunk and then he yammed on Giannis. and i just want to say he might owe detroit some money after uh, his performance nah, with you don't the know, Nets so he, far. You know who owes Detroit some money is the fucking Clippers. Well, yeah. That's... I, I don't blame <laughs> I don't blame Blake at all, man. That guy got screwed to a whole nother level. I knew he was a capable player. Anyway. You don't go from being, like, outside of Ant Davis, the best power forward in the game, to an obsolete guy. And, and let's not forget, he played the 2019 season's to get them into the playoffs on a bum knee. So, or he tried to get them into the playoffs. In the 20, yes. Yeah. So I'll give him that credit. Yeah. But anyway, once the bench was emptied by Steve Nash, when the game was out of hand uh, in game two, the Nets were able to hold on for a 125 to 86 game two win. Tyler, I don't oh, know. If, I don't know if you know this, Tyler, during the playoffs, the Nets as a team, are shooting 50% from the field, 44% from three, and 91% from the free throw line. So as yeah. a team, they're in the 50-40-90 club. It's, 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 they're winning it. <laughs> I mean, they're the, they're the favorites. It's, it's not, unbelievable. It's not, even close. it's not even close to me. I, 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 I've already made two bets with people that Brooklyn's winning it. Really? Yeah. Who are those people? Can you, can you name them? Uh, I you could, don't have I to could, if you don't yeah, want to. Yeah, I can name one. The homie, the, the, the homie Luke. I don't. I don't know if Luke's ever been on the show, but um, I made a bet with him. I don't know if other dude wants me wants me airing it out, <laughs> okay? Because of his alliances, uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, Brooklyn, uh, it's too good. And the and the funny thing is, is like they only need two of those three guys because they're essentially just as good of a. In my eyes, they're just as good of a team with two or three. Three of them, you know, you're getting. You're getting a smaller percentage of the three. 
Yeah. Like two of them, you're getting a bigger percentage of the two. So yeah. it's like I feel you. Dude, either way, it doesn't matter. Like if one's missing, it's just gonna provide other opportunity for Kevin Durant, arguably the best player in the in the world, you know, yeah. Kyrie Irving, one of the greatest point guards to ever play. It's it's they they they've got too much juice. Um I mean K D made Giannis and, look silly and, in and game I, two. I ultimately think like I was intrigued by this Milwaukee team, but at the at the same time I've always preached that Giannis needs his Mike is 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 Scotty Pippen, and and Chris Middleton wasn't it, and they they doubled down on Chris Middleton, and they went and got Drew Holiday, and I know Drew Holiday is this great basketball player who's been very undervalued, very underestimated his entire career, but he's not the right player. Um, I think this team invested in defense, versatile defenders that are average offensive players, average shooters. Um, I don't think that Drew Holiday and Middleton are bad shooters by any means. But well, not. Middleton's only shooting 19% from three for the series, so which is, he's got to figure that out. That's that's outside of his, his norm. I mean, he is a 40% from three guy. But that's what I'm saying. That's that's clearly the, inhibiting this the— This team was built wrong. I mean, it—, it, it uh, I, well, think I that, also think that I think with, are... looking at Brooklyn's team right here, it's just like, what the fuck are we going to do with this team? What are we, how are we going to win in these next three years with this team right here that we just paid $400 million for? Yeah. You needed, a, you need, you needed to go get a Bradley Beal or a CJ McCollum. They, they need a guy that could go get a bucket <laughs> at the end of the game. You know, every single great big man needs a guy that's going to go and get a bucket on the perimeter. You cannot win with all of your offense being someone that's like you need to you need to get him the well, ball. Well, here's the thing, Tyler, with with Milwaukee, even if it's, it's not it, the best player, you just need that creator on the outside. You can't be that guy to go get the bucket at the end of the game if your coach isn't going to play you if if he's restricting your minutes. Budenholzer's still sticking to that like 35 minute a game restriction for all these guys like he did last season that's what bit him in the ass last year it's clearly biting him in the ass now and last year they ran an 11 man rotation yeah why th this year they're running like an eight man rotation but he 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 tried to to whittle down the talent to get better top end which he did yeah i think he traded in a lot of like average pieces to get to get drew holiday essentially but I, I i think He's, I think he's just got to stick with his guys more. He's he's got to let them play. Yeah. It's it's just this team is too limited on offense when Giannis is not a knockdown shooter. Giannis, Giannis needs to be able to go. Giannis it's like can what we go, were talking about with Ben Simmons. Yeah, but I think that Giannis is better than Ben Simmons. I agree with. Sure. I agree. I Giannis is a better, better player than Ben Simmons. He's a better Simmons. free throw shooter. And he's a well. Giannis hasn't been great with the free throw shooting so far this postseason, and he's no, been getting he's, caught at the line for ten seconds. No, but he's better than Ben Simmons. Yes, and I think that he's he, like yes. Ben Simmons doesn't take shots. At least Giannis has the attempts that right. you need from your star player. But they're just not going down. He, yeah, but it's like, man, if our well, team, if our team's shooter. gonna win, if our team's gonna win and lose off of Giannis's outside shot, that is not how. It should be the roster is. Well, no, you're not going to win a championship like that. The roster is built wrong. Like, I mean, even Dirk had like Jason Terry. Like Jason Terry was not necessarily like a top tier like guy. No, that's a but, great. That's but a great. He was a guy comparison. they could go get a bucket on the outside when you needed it. You could run a pick and roll, well, and, and it's like who do we guard? You know what I'm saying? If if Giannis is cutting to the rim 
and you've got a guy coming off the screen like I like I I'm just gonna say CJ and Brad Beal as like a good example. How do you? That's a lot harder to guard than a you know a guy like Drew Holiday and Giannis or Giannis as the ball handler with the screener. You know, it's yeah. just like all right, I'm just gonna take steps backwards and let you shoot your threes because essentially I don't think that you're gonna outscore us shooting threes. They yeah. have a great defensive basketball team, and they have a really good roster, but they legitimately don't have the the right number two guy. I think Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton would be exceptional number threes for Giannis, but you can't have Giannis in two number threes. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to to think that for the majority, like Giannis for the most part, gonna, I think Giannis will eventually shoot forty percent from three. I you hope know what so. I mean? That'd this be insane this, if he this, could. This won't be like he, he's still like what? How old is he? I think he's like 25, 26. Yeah. So it's like, and he's not he's not like bad bad. He's twenty six. He struggles, you know, but it's not like he's not like eighteen percent bad. Like he can get to thirty five, forty percent in his career. Yeah, and I think, I think realistically, for the most part everyone agrees that Milwaukee got better as a team this year. It's just so crazy to me that they're running into the same problems in the playoffs. Because they didn't get better in the right way. They didn't address, like, the issue. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, I will never understand the Chris Middleton, like, doubling down. I think he's a really good player. They should have kept might've, Brogdon. I would have paid him. I would have paid him if I had another guy. And the Bucks are missing, I think, Bogdanovich as well. You know, who they who they apparently signed. And Bogdanovich comes out and said, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, that, that could, thing, That's that, a guy that, that can go that get you a bucket. That blew up in their face you know, in the offseason. You season. never know. That's a, that's a player that, you know, if Drew Holiday is a ball handler, Giannis is a ball handler, and Middleton and, and Bogdanovich are out there on the that's court. That's that with shooter Brooke, you're looking for. With Brooke, like, that's a good offensive team. Um, but... I mean, Brooklyn's got way. There's just teams that got way too much for the Bucks, even though they're like very, very good and have Giannis. It's just not built. I I just don't believe it's built in the right way. They're 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 missing. They're missing the guy, the second guy. So what do they need to do to stop the Nets, or or is this series over? This series is over, in my opinion. But I also was like, I'm gonna roll with the Nets regardless. So. There's nothing really Milwaukee could have done. Um, they got to play. If they win two at home, it would be very, very impressive. But I highly doubt they win two at home. Yeah. I think they go one and two. It'll be three one. It'll be tough for it'll be tough for them not to get finished out in five. Yeah, I mean it's it's Brooklyn looks exactly how I think everybody thought they would look and how well, they're supposed to look. Well, and it's like when you're making this team, you're like, okay, Drew can Drew Alday can guard Kyrie, Chris can guard James, Giannis can guard KD. Well, but Giannis I, can't guard KD. No, KD made him look silly. It's just like no one can. Well, really. I thought it's it was like, interesting in game that's one. That's why I, you need some offense to counter all of this stuff. And I th I thought it was you interesting do have in a good game defense, but it's not good. Not good enough to just say fuck it on offense yeah and i texted you about it in game one when they started pj tucker and pj tucker started out guarding kevin durant i was like oh that's an interesting strategy and i mean it didn't really work out but it is well and i don't know if you remember this but i like when we broke it down i said Giannis might it, like there's a good chance Giannis doesn't guard one of the big three because no, he's I an outside defender i remember because I, I brought it up i said the dream scenario realistically is Giannis guards kd Middleton guards Harden and 
Drew guards Kyrie. Harden then gets hurt, so that changes everything in terms of how to scheme against matchups. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's like you know, I I would love to see Giannis, but what I, essentially what I said is like from a coaching standpoint, do I want to put Giannis on KD and have him get lit up, it's, yeah. or get into foul trouble, or lose his confidence, or should I just put somebody else on him and then like, you know, the last six minutes of the fourth, let's put Giannis on him where yeah. where he has a fresh mentality. Durant and he knows him. it's like it's, it's. But now Durant's got him. I mean, it's over. There's nothing. There's nothing Giannis can do to stop Durant, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop Durant. <laughs> yeah, man, he's he's been unbelievable during this postseason. I think I think we see Kevin Durant put up a Finals MVP this year. That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be pretty sweet. I, yeah. I yeah. honestly, I don't have like when the Lakers were still in it. I obviously was against Brooklyn, but it's like. I don't have any real like disdain for the Brooklyn They're Nets. They're too good. They're like, too good. And I like priest... Kevin Durant as a player. I like Kyrie Irving as a player. I might not agree with everything that Kyrie Irving does as a person, but I have like he's a phenomenal basketball player, and I enjoy watching him play. And and I mean, even I, in our preseason show before they even had Harden, I thought this Nets team was good enough. You know, like Kyrie and KD is good enough. Realistically, this is what they were supposed to have last, last year. year. But yep. KD tears his Achilles. Yeah, and honestly, they have worse role players than they would have had. Yeah, because they traded James Harden, <laughs> and they got rid of Jared Allen and Karis LeVert. Yeah, so Dinwiddie's hurt. You know, yeah, Dinwiddie's also hurt. They're missing, they're missing guys. Yeah. So all right, to to put a button on the NBA playoffs talk, the Phoenix Suns are officially up two games to nothing on the Denver Nuggets as the series heads back to Denver. Phoenix won 123-98 to 98 in Game 2 in Phoenix. So, any last thoughts on the NBA playoffs before we uh, move on? Nah, man. I think it's Brooklyn. <laughs> I think it's Brooklyn. I, I have a feeling that, that you're right about that, Tyler. But, all right, let's, uh, let's hit the gridiron before we get out of here. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them all go. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. So for the third week in a row now, Tyler, we are going to talk about Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, the two biggest headlines of the offseason since free agency has ended, really, and, and the draft has been over. And and now that we're we're getting into offseason OTAs and mini camps and all of that. These have really been the two biggest storylines, and and we'll start with Julio Jones because there actually is an update with this storyline, and and Julio Jones was traded officially to the Tennessee Titans. He is going to be wearing number two for them, no longer going to be wearing the number 11. A.J. Brown did try and give it to him as a sign of respect, but Julio let him keep it. I thought that that was pretty cool. Um but the details of the trade, the Atlanta Falcons will receive a 2022 second round pick 
and a 2023 fourth rounder in exchange for the superstar wide receiver while also sending Tennessee along with Julio Jones a sixth round pick in 2023. Derrick Henry and wide receiver A.J. Brown were recruiting Julio very heavily to come to Tennessee, even though he had to be traded there. He didn't really have the choice in where he got traded, but clearly Atlanta was going to do right by Julio and, and make sure the relationship didn't end on bad terms. So they sent him to a contender and a team that clearly wants him because we saw what uh, some of the players were, were doing to, to kind of make it known that they wanted Julio on their team. And clearly Tennessee sees a role for him in their offense. The Titans, they lost Corey Davis and Johnny Smith in, in free agency. So adding another receiving weapon like Julio Jones to the Titans offense, they're basically picking up right where they left off. Julio, he only played nine games last year after injuring his hamstring. But after the way the season went for the Falcons, there there was really no point in bringing him back uh, from his injury after a certain point. So I have a good feeling that Julio's going to go scorched earth next season. And now that he's out of Atlanta, Tyler, I think I'm definitely going to be keeping him in the TSK Show Fantasy Football League for at least one more season to <laughs> gotta, see if... Gotta uh, give it a peek -see. Yeah, exactly. Like, change of scenery. We gotta see how it goes with Ryan Tannehill and, and Julio Jones in their first year together. Um, I'm excited for this. He's he's out of the NFC. He's in the AFC now, so... I mean, we wouldn't... The, the Rams or Seahawks wouldn't have to deal with him until the Super Bowl. Um, but, I mean, I... I'm just shocked, I think, and I guess this is just because I have such a basketball mind. I don't know how all Atlanta got for this was a second round and a fourth round pick. I mean, I think my initial reaction to Julio's, like, you know, well, when the news broke that Julio might be traded or Julio wants out, my initial reaction was, I this smells like it's going to be more of a DeAndre Hopkins deal than Amari Cooper. Yeah. No, I just, you, you it just, just felt, it just felt like they're, they're going to get screwed. There's no way because everybody knows that he wants out. He's 30. It's just like they had, they had no leverage at all. You know what I mean? Like they hadn't, they had to trade him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, they got a steal, which makes me believe that the Seahawks weren't offering the first. Well, I, I, I know the Rams first round pick in 2024 was talked about but i think the rams weren't willing to give it up because of how many first round picks they have given up so i think that's kind yeah. of where the the rams drew the line but i do I think just, that i do think that you know the the titans got a steal but i don't oh, know for sure they got a steal they, and, they and, got away with highway robbery but i i just i don't know if it moves the needle for them as far as super bowl contender interesting I mean, it's still a running. It's still a run first football team. Still a defensive football team, and uh, I mean Julio is obviously going to make things easier on Ryan, T Ryan Tannehill. Um, but I don't and know. He, if makes I, every, he makes things easier, I think, for the whole offense because you have to scheme around him. Are they better than Chiefs? Probably not. You know, are they better than Browns, the Ravens? I mean, the Browns. I think the they Buffalo, give them a run the for the money because the their Buffalo defense Bills. is solid. You know, I think there's a lot of good good teams in the AFC that are that are better, uh, which is ultimately, you know, I think the the ultimate question now. They're definitely in the hunt, though. I and I, but I mean, and I think most of that criticism comes from Ryan Tannehill and my belief that he's kind of a second tier guy. He's not, 
I don't think Ryan Tannehill. I think, he's an would under, need, I think he's an underrated deep threat, though. He would need to. He would need to have a really, really dominant team around him to win a Super Bowl. Which Julio Jones, I mean, AJ Brown, and Derrick Henry ain't that bad. Derrick Derrick Henry and Julio are arguably the two most physically dominant players at their position. So, I mean, it could <laughs> it could be nasty, but I still don't think you go away from Derrick Henry. No, no. And uh, you know if you. I don't know. I don't see the I don't see the Titans win the AFC, but this is this makes them a better football team, no doubt. Definitely. So, all right, Aaron Rodgers. We are we are still on Aaron Rodgers' watch. He yeah. did not report to Green Bay Packers mini camp on Tuesday. This makes it the first mandatory offseason event that Rodgers has skipped this offseason. He is going to be subject to a $93,000 or $93,085 in fines if he does not show up for the entire three-day minicamp. Adam Schefter reported on Monday that the Packers have discussed giving Rodgers an excused absence, which would then waive the the fines, which obviously is a sign of good faith to Aaron. Um, If they don't waive the fines, then Aaron Rodgers would be fined just over uh, $15,500 for missing Tuesday. The fine goes up to just over $31,000 for missing today on Wednesday. And if he doesn't show up tomorrow on Thursday, it goes up to $46,540. The fines during training camp, if he doesn't show up to training camp, meanwhile run $50,000 per day and are mandatory. They cannot be rescinded by the team. As a sign of good faith, those are mandatory, and Rodgers has already missed enough of the offseason program to forfeit his $500,000 workout bonus. So there's a little bit of financial stipulations in, in what this means for Rodgers missing this time during the Green Bay Packers offseason workouts. He also, if he does end up retiring and walking away and never coming back to the Green Bay Packers again, he would probably have to give back some signing bonus money i believe it's somewhere in the the six million dollar range but i just i we we keep saying it every every week we talk about it the longer this goes the less likely it is aaron Rodgers shows up to to the green bay packers this year and i just i don't know what's what it's going to take for me to stop believing that except for aaron Rodgers showing up to the green bay packers yeah no i don't i don't think that's happening i don't think he's coming and the financial stuff is like all you know it's all good info but it's not a factor it is i think it's clearly a factor if we look at how the lions treated barry sanders and calvin johnson well i'm saying like these fines are not what's gonna you know no rogers ain't showing up to save money that's for damn sure i agree with that but also like you never know You, you we may be getting i i forget who I don't want to say who I think it might have been Colin Coward. I, I think, but essentially he was talking about there there may be rules made after this kind of scenario. You know what I'm saying? Like you we could we could eventually see some sort of contract rules or or you know, penalties for um Well, I think essentially like forcing a hand of like I'm either retiring or I'm not playing for you. Yeah. Uh, I think that's definitely a possibility. It's crazy to think that Rodgers could sit out after an MVP season, but he's not playing for the Packers. And it's it's going to be really hard 
to see him in another uniform. I don't see the Packers. But the Packers, I think, are still. On him. I still think the Packers are hell bent on not trading him this year. They're smart. I think they're doing everything the right way. I would do everything the Packers are doing. I would. I would, and I would waive the fees. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would waive as many I, fees I would, as possible. I would waive as many fees as possible. I let him. You, you don't even got to show up to the preseason. Well, he wasn't going to be playing in those games anyway. So, so it's like, fuck it, do what you want, but play for us. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I don't either. So in in this crazy situation, I think we actually see Rodgers walk away. Yeah. It's insane. It's just crazy. Uh, you, so you, Unprecedented. Now, if he does walk away, do you think it's for good, or do you think he walks away and figures out some sort of way to get bought out or out of his uh contract with the Packers because I think they're realistically not trading him this year, but I think they will trade him next offseason. I, I think this year is the strong arm year. You know, I think we 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 could easily see him not play this year and come back. He's definitely got football left in him. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But all right, that just about does it for for us. Tyler, do you have a shout out before we get out of here? Yeah, um, my favorite, one of my favorite athletes in the world. I watched his interview on Sports Center last night with Stan Verrett. Yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't watched all that stuff yet. I'm uh, embedded. No, it's not embedded. It, he he just w- did an interview on Sports Center last night live oh, okay, with cool. Stan Verrett. Yep, I've I've yet to dive in. I don't think it. it was live. I think it was pre-recorded, but it played live on the the like primetime Sports Center after the games last night. Yep, I've been waiting for like Thursday, Friday night to really dive into it. But my guy Nate Diaz, one of my all-time favorite athletes, uh, definitely my favorite fighter ever. <laughs> He's fighting on Saturday against Leon Edwards in a fight that was rescheduled. Uh, it's the first it's the first ever five round fight that's not either the main event or yeah, belt I saw fight. That. so um that was in the contract for the last fight and they kept it he's a <laughs> you know he's a different kind of guy but they put him up against the number three welterweight in the world so i mean he he's going in there and fighting fighting a real killer leon edwards and if he who, wins this do you think he has aspirations of of another big fight here's the thing everybody wants nate after every single UFC event, somebody somebody says his name because it's money. I yeah. mean, outside outside of uh, outside of Connor, I think he's the bit the second biggest ticket in the UFC as far as like just he's going to bring the people and the money. Um, and then on top of this card, we have the 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 main event is Stylebender. Oh wow! And in between Stylebender and Nate Diaz, we have the the flyweight title bout. So. I'm not, you know, men's flyweight is the smallest division. It's not necessarily very popular. Um, there's not a ton of talent in it, but it's still a belt fight. So we're going to go Nate Diaz, flyweight belt, uh, style bender, Vittori, two. Um, and then I do got to shout out one um, one prelim fight, uh, and that's the hometown kid, uh, Chase Hooper. He's the okay. young, he's the youngest fighter in the UFC. He's from Enumclaw, Washington. Oh wow! Um, and he's on this undercard, so he's like he's not a guy that's a star quite yet. He's he's nothing, you know. He's not necessarily a household name either. But if there's anything he's hanging his hat on, he's the youngest guy in the UFC. I don't. He might even have been the youngest guy ever in the UFC. He's twenty one. He's twenty one years old right now. That's pretty sick. Did he win the Ultimate Fighter or something like that, no. or he just got a contract on his own? Yeah, he was. I mean, he was a professional fighter before the UFC, um, and just was able to get in there, get some big ones young. That's pretty yeah. sick. I think he entered. I, I think he entered at nineteen. Wow, in the UFC. 
Well, I know I will definitely be tuned in because anytime a Diaz brother fights, there's always going to be fireworks. Yeah, and I mean, really, this one, Nate, could really mess up the UFC uh, when it comes to rankings and stuff like that and and next fights because, you know, Dana fine it. Uh, Dana promised um Dana promised Colby the 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 belt fight against I don't want to mess this up but Dana promised Colby and uh oh against Usman Usman right. doesn't want Colby Usman and if Nate beats Leon you could see Nate getting a chance for the belt he's an unranked Nate's an unranked fighter they rank the top 15 contenders so the top 16 people from each division are ranked Nate's not even ranked He's fighting the number three guy. If he beats him, it just throws it throws a wrench into everything, just like when he beat Connor. And that's what the Diaz brothers are here to do. They're I'm they're not here, surprised. They're here, they're here to 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 fuck shit up. Yes, they are. So all right, I'm gonna be shouting out two people, two uh high-level basketball executives. First, Daryl Morey, because once again he has gotten himself in trouble because of his Twitter fingers, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Phil and Philadelphia's president of basketball operations daryl morey have each been fined seventy five thousand dollars for tampering for a tweet morey posted last week about golden state warriors superstar stephen curry morey tweeted quote join them with a, a picture of an instagram post by uh steph curry's brother seth uh the starting shooting guard for the 76ers morey attempted to cover his tracks and, and explain himself by saying that he was, quote, talking about the fact that we are thrilled Seth is here with the Sixers, nothing else. So $75,000 uh, going from Daryl Morey to the NBA, as well as from the 76ers organization for that, for just two two little words. And and then the second- It must be nice to be rich. I mean, when a, <laughs> when a tweet costs you seventy five grand, it's like, oh. Hey, listen. Let's not even count the fact that the NBA is still paying for another tweet that Maury threw out there. Hey, Maury's the man. I like <laughs> I like Maury. I think he get, I think he he goes a hundred percent. Clearly, hundred miles an hour. You know, like I, I think he's like fuck it. I'll face the consequences when they come. Yeah, and then the other shout out I got is Pat Riley of the Miami Heat. He was also fined twenty five thousand dollars for his comments about leaving a quote shiny key under the mat for LeBron if he ever wanted to come back to the Miami Heat on Dan Lebitard's show. So shout out to Daryl Morey and Pat Riley for keeping tampering alive and well in the NBA because realistically everybody knows it happens. So there that that's all I got for for my shout outs. Tyler, you got anything else before we get out of here? Nope. I'm ready. All right. With that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom show. For Tyler Pacholke, I am Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Tyler, it was so good having you back in the studio, man. Yeah, man. Definitely good to be back in the <laughs> studio. Makes it makes a lot more fun. Not that it wasn't fun, but it makes a lot more fun, a lot, lot easier. Yes. Getting the flow of things. Yes. So it's it's back to normal now, baby. We're, we're yeah. back. Yeah, a little piece of real life. Yes. So with that, like I said, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. For Tyler Pacholke, I am Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening. 
Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.